0: There it is. It's the alphabet train. Chew, Chew. But spelled C-H-E-W-C-H-E-W because this is an episode of Sports and Spaghetti. I'm A-Nasty. We got Walk Daddy. We're in the playroom. Sabby's playing.
1: It's a good day. It's a happy day. Quite. We've got Sabby with us in her cat pajamas. Meow. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Let's let's kick her off here today, everybody.
0: What are you looking at the sheet for? I just this is a it's a you know it's an
1: itinerary. Oh, we have an itinerary. We, we have an itinerary. We've upgraded. Huh. We've upgraded. Yeah. Just <laughs> wait till you see the thumbnails. We got thumb. We got. We got
0: thumbnails
1: now, baby. You breathed right into your mouth hole with you, that.
0: You definitely just, uh, you definitely could have tasted... You tasted some parm there. Some garlic (laughs) parm. Some garlic. All right. Today, it's a Saturday. Everybody loves
1: Saturdays. I can't right now, Benjamin. Benny, feeling better on the mend. No longer the Grammys Grinder of the Week, right? Benny, we're at work, pal. We are at work, my boy. Oh, come here. You can get pets. This has been an intro already. It is, yeah. That's fine. Oh, he shook the mic. (laughs) That's okay. All
0: right. So today... Easy Saturday, we're filming it earlier than usual, just because we felt like it. We had time, right, it was Saturday a good day, Chronicles. it was a good Saturday, yeah. so we have the Saturday Chronicles of today's huh. pod. And today, let's start it off with a little uh, little Ant and Chris argument here. Oh boy! Because, what did we have today, Chris?
1: We had what some folks would call boneless chicken wings. And by some folks, he's talking about a nasty. Yes. Anthony thinks that boneless wings, which are a thing on many menus around the world and around, especially in the country, this country, they're called boneless wings and it's boneless. It, 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 it's, it's not, it's not wing meat, uh, chicken. It's breast meat and it's f- uh, seasoned and, and tossed in the same sauces as it's boned friends uh, I guess body mates, if it, as it were. Um, <laughs> oh, don't cry. No, no. No, no. Silence. No, we love you. I'm kidding. The... Oh, she's, uh... We've lost the block, ladies and gentlemen. What oh, letter? the block's under the, under the radiator. Penny, no. Now, some people would call these things boneless wings, and a lot of restaurants, too. My whole thing... I'm okay with you calling it that, but that's not what they are. They're not boneless wings. They're chicken nuggets. Now, now, now they're not chicken nuggets like you would get at McDonald's. Okay. Not MacD's. Not MacD's or the BK. Okay. Not even the Wendy's. Or the Chick-fil-A. I even might add. How the thing is, they're 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 not wings because they're not chicken wings, and that and that's just the point blank answer. They're not wings. Okay, but you can't te- call him a wing. But technically, is pizza
0: a pie? No, it is not. <laughs> I don't you call, call it that. Pizza, but people not.
1: call it a pizza pie. Well, that, I'm not people, then. I'm just a skinwalker. A boneless... Yeah. A boneless wing is a boneless wing. But it's not a wing, Ant. The problem is that it's not a wing. It's a breast. It's chicken breast. Okay. What's the difference between a chicken tender
0: or a chicken nugget? What is the difference? It's the size of the piece. But no, because a tender is the tenderloin. The breast tenderloin, yes. Yes, but that doesn't it's mean it's an
1: extension was... of the chicken breast. But it's
0: not the whole thing, Chris. Is what you're see? Yeah, I hear you.
1: I I hear you, and I understand you. <laughs> No, the problem is that the the problem is that it's not a. It, that's just in reverse sneezing. He's fine. Man. There's a lot of noises today. It's oh, okay. Uh, Sabrina's in the butterfly. She's in the butterfly. <laughs> yes, right. That's right. That's Daddy's girl right there. <laughs> Benny, really, in, not not in the room. He does this when he gets excited. He's fine. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, if you're sticking with us, we Thank appreciate you. <laughs> you. No, the problem is that they're not wings. It's not part of the chicken wing. And a chicken nugget is not called a chicken tender. A chicken tender is called a chicken tender. Yeah, but what's so a difference? That's a moot point. You're making a moot point in okay. your argument. I agree listen. You know it's- the chicken tenders aren't called nuggets, are they? No, no, they're not. But it's a it's a boneless wing. But it's not a wing. It's not a wing But it's not It's the it's it's part of the breast. It's the same meat. Okay. It's if Wie- we're gonna get it's white meat
0: chicken, Chris.
1: On the chicken, the wing is over on this side, and the breast is where a breast would normally go. Okay, but is a breast and a wing, are they both not white meat? No, the wing is not white meat. No, the, no, okay, the wing so, is not white meat, so, no. So,
0: hmm, hmm. so flats and drums are different. No, because that's the same piece, but it's, they're different parts of the same piece. Of the piece. wing,
1: they're both considered the wing. The drum is part of the wing. I have worked in a meat department before. You went up against the wrong person today, Panthony. I've worked in a meat department. I've had to sit there for hours, standing there helping annoying, annoying customers that were throw up color clothes that go into that place and help them with their $25 steak. And in the meantime, I'm splitting full wings that were previously frozen. Yes, I said it. And I'm sitting there freezing. My hands are numb. And I have to cut them with the knife. And they're both parts of the wing. The drums and the wit and the flats. Right? Yes. Is that what you're recalling them? They're the wing. Never once did I cut a boneless wing. A boneless wing would be I took all the meat off the bone and then gave it to you, shredded chicken. Wing meat. That would be a boneless wing. A, a boneless wing, that would be what it is. Now, I then I play devil's advocate and I'll do it against myself. When I see boneless wings on the menu, I know what I'm getting. Yes. You're
0: not expecting... If I
1: ordered chicken nuggets tossed in sauce, that would not sound as appealing to me has bonus wings. So the way it's marketed is fine, but it's incorrect. It's not a wing. So I don't know what you're trying to argue he- here with me because they're not wings. It's not a wing. What we made tonight, surprise, <laughs> huh, one of many surprises uh, in our lives, sports and spaghetti-wise. Do <laughs> you want to talk surprises, huh? We got sports surprises aplenty. We made wings, right? It was wing night. It was wing The night. mice wanted wing night, it but wing they were night. boneless wings. They were. A.K.A. chicken nuggets. When I'm eating it, I'm not saying, well, I'm having a boneless wing. I'm saying I'm, I'm having a piece of chicken breast that I cut. It's a chicken nugget. It's a, it's a literally breaded chicken nugget tossed in sauce. But I think the issue is that it's the way they're prepared. Would what make them. Preparation, the preparation turns it into a the wing? The
0: preparation makes it a boneless wing. It's not a wing, though. Did we just eat chicken cutlets? We did not.
1: They weren't thin sliced, uh, th- Anthony. That's my point, Chris. They prepara- we were nuggets. We cut them into bite-sized nuggets. Yes, the preparation made
0: it different. If it was a thin slice, we prepared it the same way. It is, I'm not going to wrap it, it in sage a- and brisket. If- <laughs> If it was, if it was thin cut and prepared the same way, it would be considered, it would be considered, I can't even speak right now, it would be considered a chicken cutlet. But since we cut them and breaded them into nuggets nuggets, and breaded them and sauced them, that is what makes them a boneless wing.
1: If somebody came over here and ate them, they'd say they're boneless wings. But if you ask them, are they wings? They'd say, no, they're nuggets. They're not wings. So I win. They're not wings. I don't ever win anything. I'll, give it, way. I'll give it to you. But the point the I, I think the overarching theme here is that we made some really great food today. We did make some very good food. Okay. We could go back and forth. I
0: just realized the mouse didn't even have her carrots. After making, you know what? They after did it. making us get
1: carrots and celery and, and celery. French dressing.
0: Which brings us to our next topic. Celery versus carrots. This is gonna be easy.
1: I'm going. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> is it gonna uh. be easy? Because I because I tell you what. Honestly, and and this is completely now. Hear me out. We'll see what you say. I'll go first. I love celery with ranch. I love carrots with ranch. I will say this though. If I'm going to have a snack with ranch dressing and it's not with what we're calling wings today, it's got to be carrots. I'm not going to prepare myself celery with ranch. I only buy celery if I'm going to make soup or I'm going to serve it as a side with bone in or boneless wings. Or what about? More peanut butter. I'm I'm just saying, what about ants on a log, Chris? You know, my mouse makes fun of me when I do that, but Grammy did that all the time and it was delicious. It was very nutritious and and it tasted good, quite frankly. Um, but I I think standing alone with ranch as a dip, I would pick carrots, but with wings, I, I think I have to have both honestly. Where I was see I was gonna cop out and I was gonna say both, and I'm glad you said it
0: too. Standalone, it's carrots. I don't like. their celery is too stringy for me.
1: It's a lot of. It's a lot of work for not a lot of flavor. And 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 you're working hard for no calories too. Yeah. And in my weightlifting life, it, it's either good or bad. But you on know, the day. throw
0: celery in a juicer, make some juice with it. Adds a nice little flavor. And it's very it adds healthy. Adds a lot
1: of. Adds a lot of hydration. Very healthy. It 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 can garnish a very unhealthy dish such it as can. wings. It can. Um. Uh, but but yeah i think both honestly if i'm having wings or whatever sort arguments aside i want both i, I want agree. celery and carrots because i want to taste both of them i agree i agree um and you know they get a little bit of the sauce on them i love that that's the best part no you use the ca- uh, l-
0: ladies and gentlemen let me give you a tip next time you're eating wings whether <laughs> bone in or nuggeted uh take your celery use it as a bow to scoop up the
1: rest of the sauce or just roll the carrot around in it. Too. You, you can like roll the, the carrot, but the celery gets it a little bit less mess. It's the ribs, the way it's ribbed <coughs> oh, up in there, me.
0: the way it looks like a canoe of mm-hmm. sorts. It's a canoe. Of sorts. It would take on water, but it looks like a canoe. Of the sorts. Boat. You scoop that up, and then you got a you got a
1: nice vessel to deliver that sweet sauce. Oh, boy. And did we ever make a sweet sauce today? Now, we made your buffalo sauce, which was good, crowd-pleasing. We made the barbecue, which is as simple as it sounds. It was barbecue sauce on chicken tent and chicken nuggets. See, see, the barbecue ones is where I'd even push harder against the fact that we called them wings. The buffalo and the, and the, the real kicker here, the, the garlic parm ones that you made, was first time I've had your version of that. Those I'd be more accepting of calling wings. Because the barbecue ones was literally barbecue sauce sauce. on breaded chicken. It was if I wasn't calling them boneless wings, and I put them in a salad, or I was just eating them and served like they're like anytizers. Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: My my sister, if it's
1: buffalo sauce, then I'll call that a wing. How about that? We compromise.
0: I agree. Uh, My sister, she eats. I mean, she'll eat barbecue sauce on like straight chicken cutlets, so like she'll do that. But yeah, no, I agree. But as Chris as Chris mentioned, um, I made a I made a garlic Parm sauce today. Now I'll give you you know your your buffalo sauce. That's your basic. Uh, you take your whatever hot sauce of choice. Chris, uh, what was the? It wasn't Frank's, which I was shocked. It wasn't Frank's. What did you use? Was Stephen
1: Eddys? Is that Stephen what Steven yeah. Something.
0: Stephen Eddys uh, hit us with a sh- no, uh, hit friends. us with a sponsy. Um... I usually use Frank's, but Stephen, no, it was really good. Stephen, I think yours was it was it was extra good today, because it was already a buffalo sauce. It was a buffalo
1: sauce that was prepared into a buffalo sauce. Right. The only thing that I did to it, well, we did two things. Usually, all I do to it is add like four four tablespoons of or four, uh, yeah, four tablespoons of butter. Which again, if you know me, that's so out of pocket for me because yeah. I'm not that guy. But I mean, if I'm going to do it right, and I'm going to do the wings the way that they should taste, then you you have to make them really flavorful. Yeah. It really, I mean, especially boneless wings. It's white meat chicken. It dries out really easy compared yes. to the wing, that the bone-in wing, uh, or any other part of the chicken for that matter. So they've got to be flavorful. And I just add a lot of butter, and this time we added some fresh garlic that was sauteed in some olive oil. Um I didn't get a piece of garlic in it, so I, I, and I only have, I've had one as of speaking right now. I don't know what it did to it because I had the amazing garlic parm one right after that. But the buffalo sauce is good because it's already buffalo sauce. Yeah. I'm not sitting here trying to parade as somebody who's got this recipe for buffalo sauce. It's buffalo sauce and butter.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's it. That's that's a buffalo wing sauce right there. But you go to any restaurant, and that's, that's what it. you're going to get. They're getting, yeah. they're buying it from a vendor. So our my garlic parm... Um, what I do, and this is, this is where a nasty sets himself apart from everybody else. This
1: is where he goes a few rungs above on the ladder here.
0: I take a whole head, now here hear me again, Listen, a whole head of garlic.
1: You that's cut, about eight, nine, <laughs> it's about eight, nine pieces of, of fresh garlic. You cut, You're going to cut the top off,
0: right? And the top is the pointy part, everybody knows this. Uh, you could go a little bit under where the stem is. You could take the heads off of some of the cloves. It's okay. What you're going to do is you're going to get yourself a piece of aluminum foil, or if you're British, aluminum. And you're going to put that down on the table. Or whatever cooking surface you're using. You're going to take that garlic that's recently been beheaded. Um, like cut the head off. Once you take that, you're going to take the finest extra virgin, no, I, I'm saying prom night extra virgin. Like didn't even didn't even get into the limo yet, extra virgin olive oil. Italian, Italian, yeah. Her father will kill you, and then put you in a dumpster.
1: Right, That's his front for the mob. The trunk to the dumpster. Yeah. So you're gonna. This take, is the Italian extra virgin first cold press. You're gonna take your extra virgin olive oil, and what you're gonna do is
0: you're gonna give that little. You're gonna give that little head of garlic a nice little shower. What mm. you're gonna a do? A little bathy. A little bath. Be- no, because you're not soaking it. Just okay. A little, just okay, a that's drizz. why I clarified. Just a little, little drizzle. Just a little okay. drizzle. <laughs> so you're gonna just drizzle it. Um, not shoot it in there. You're just gonna drizzle it.
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: You're gonna drizzle it on top, and then you're gonna <laughs> add some nice sea salt, and then you're gonna and you're gonna fold that up into what looks like an aluminum head of garlic yes and then you're gonna take that you're gonna put that in an oven at about
1: 400 degrees 450 degrees yes we did 425 tonight and you're gonna leave it and you're gonna let it roast until Chris is literally saying uh I smell it Anthony what are you doing just leave it just leave it yeah just leave it it's okay and then when you're ready you take it out I mean you could leave your house and then come back and your life is completely changed and it's still in the oven
0: yeah yeah and nobody's nobody's for the wiser nobody knows anything else
1: no, it's it's got to be in there for that long. Yeah, yeah,
0: long enough to grow more garlic. Literally, yeah. just keep it in there. And then from there, you take a nice bowl, any bowl of choice, and you uh, you're gonna use tongs for this. I use tongs. You can let it cool and use your hands, but I got little uh, I got little bitch hands because no. we don't swear here. No, no. Um, and you're gonna press that garlic. I think that was the safe food handling procedure. Yeah, yeah. I just use tongs. And you're gonna press that garlic. You're you're gonna squeeze it right out of the uh, squeeze it right out of its out of its corpse, I guess. Right out of its garlicky sarcophagus, if you would.
1: <laughs> you're gonna squeeze that in, and then you're gonna
0: put it in a bowl, and then you're gonna mash it with some salt, almost making a roasted garlic paste. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you're gonna throw that into a pot uh, with about a half a stick of butter. Um,
1: you can go a little less, a little more. No I don't Aunt, care what, what you do. What should the consistency of this be? Because and and also the smell. Should it smell like you just sauteed garlic or should it be a much deeper, sweeter smell? No, it's gonna smell sweet. I actually told Chris it smells like popcorn. It smells exactly like popcorn. It smells it like, like, like it buttered,
0: buttered popcorn. popcorn. And consistency wise, we're looking for baby food, you know? You know, yeah. before, before they could take on solids. No teeth right. at all. Fresh fresh out the
1: womb baby food. Yeah. <laughs> and from there. <laughs> either, either before, way before Savvy's <laughs> stage right now. Oh, way before. We're talking, we're talking first days on earth here. And
0: then you're going to take that paste, if you would, and uh, use a little bit of salt. And then you're going to take that, put it with about uh, half a stick of butter. Um, let the butter melt. We're going to add some flour. We're making a roux here. That's R-O-U-X. When we get to the YouTube sphere, I will show you some cooking videos. We'll do some basics. A roux will be on there. Now, after you make your roux, which is essentially just a fat and a flour, uh, to tighten it up. Once you have a, a fairly tight roux, um, you are going to add your uh, your garlic paste, your freshly roasted garlic paste. Um, and then from here, you can go buckwild. You add a little bit of parsley if you want. You could add a little extra garlic salt if you're feeling froggy. Add (laughs) a Chris fell down. What? If you feel froggy? I don't know. It's a saying. I knocked the microphone. It's a saying. Uh, You could add a little extra garlic powder, um, some salt, some peps. Um... And that's pretty much it. You're you're looking at a nice consistency, um, and then Ow. from there we're going to add in some heavy cream. We're making this a sauce. Oh, I hurt my butt. Once we add. Once we add that little bit of heavy cream, we're going to take some Parmesan cheese, and you're going to grate that right in. Because uh, if you are familiar with this podcast, you know we grate our own cheese. We do not use bagged cheese. No. Um, so it's a very very simple sauce, and then from there you take it, you throw it in your. Uh, you throw it in your in your bowl, and you're gonna to toss your nuggets and or uh, and or boneless wings and or bone-in wings. This is good for everything. But today we were feeling sans bone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. It's been a day. Um, but no, that's no. Much we it. all you worked. That's my pretty, mouse worked. It yeah, was a day. That's it. Um, super simple, and it's gonna blow. It's going to, two things, it's going to blow Buffalo Wild Wings away, and then it's going
1: to blow your balls off. I got a garlic parm sauce that'll blow your balls off. And I, and I will say this, what makes what makes the garlic parm so good, and honestly what makes everything we do good, and it's not just terrible and we're saying it's good, but what makes everything that we're making legit is the fact that we don't cut corners when it comes to like the main thing we're making. Yeah. Sure, the barbecue wings that we made today, I'm calling them nuggets because it was literally barbecue sauce on, on the chicken that we breaded. We did the buttermilk and whatever. But the garlic parm, like Aunt said, it's the time it takes to roast the garlic. We told you. You could come back. You could go to the gym and come back and it's still roasting. I literally asked Aunt like three times. I was like, dude, it's been a half hour. Like, what like what are we doing? And he's like, Nah, leave it. It's the time and the love that goes into it that makes it so good. You made the roux, you did the garlic. You, you know, it's all these steps that set it apart from spending three forty nine on a jar at at Shoprite of garlic Parmesan sauce or the Buffalo Wild Wings version of the sauce. It that's why it's because it's fresh and homemade. That's what makes it different. The whole thing with the garlic parm was 100% homemade. Yeah, it's and it's it's just the love that goes in it, man. Cooking is
0: like I said before, this is this is, you know, we live our busy lives, um some busier than others, we all know that, but I mean, cooking yeah, cooking yeah. this is this
1: is another job to us. I mean, and- dude, you take today alone, like I said, you have your job. Melissa had her job. Did your mouse work? She did not. Okay. And I did and I'm off because obviously I'm a teacher, but you know, I had Sabrina all day and we're running around. And we still come and we make awesome stuff.
0: Yeah, and it's like it's I the said, love. This is this is this is our second job, you know, one way or the other. We put the effort into it, we're putting our hearts into it. And uh, if you're gonna do something, just do it full out, you know?
1: Now it's um, a motivational speech. Yeah, we're, we're getting doing.
0: motivational. I was just talking about uh roasting garlic and now we're now we're giving life advice. And that's it. Now we're giving life advice, but nonetheless, everything you do, do it with love, especially if you're making garlic parm sauce, Mm -hmm. or if you're playing playoff hockey, Mm. and you'll hear about that when we get back to you. Playoffs? Playoff hockey. Okay, Um, so we're going to start with the only series that has played two games as of right now, uh, time of recording. That is the Carolina Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils. Carolina is up 2-0 and boy oh boy are they up to nothing big um uh, i have my little you know i have my little note my notes here uh the devils look flat man now is it because they gave everything they had to give to beat the rangers who knows but the devils who have been i mean aside from edmonton they've been the 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 highest octane team on the ice this playoffs i mean they're they were flying around they were checking they were they were doing everything really really well not so much against Carolina. Carolina has been—I mean, they've been—they've been beating them down, if you would. They've been beating them down, if you would. Are you smiling at me because you're proud? No. What are you smiling? I'm at I
1: disagree with you. Are you now? All right. So I'm rooting for the Devils, obviously. Yep. The Hurricanes beat the Islanders, so I—I I don't hate the Hurricanes. I just don't want them to beat the Devils because they beat my team, uh, and the Devils beat my least favorite team. Now, let's rewind the tape about two weeks to the start of the playoffs. Anthony Panteney, after two games in the first round in the Devils-Rangers series, what was the series? It was uh, two to nothing. In favor of? The Rangers. And what was the score of both games they won? A lot to a little. It was 5-1, 5-1. And then the Devils won four out of the next five games. Sick. The four out of the four. Yeah, four out of the next five games, and won the series. Now, in in those two games, I was talking with some of my hockey teammates about this, that are Devils fans and Rangers fans. The same story. The Devils had absolutely nothing going for them. They played terribly. Their goaltending didn't help them, and so Akira Schmid came in and won a series, which is incredible. Yes, he started the first two games. I know you'll talk about Vanacek. I don't think you go back to him. They might. Who knows? Um, here's the thing, though. They've been here already in this playoffs. They're not panicking. Granted. The Rangers are not as good a team as the Hurricanes. It also warms my heart to see that the Islanders gave the Hurricanes a much harder time than the Devils are right now. That makes me say, wow, my team really wasn't bad. Um, But honestly, Ant, I can't count the Devils out one bit. They look terrible, though. You said they look terrible, and you're right. You can't get outscored 10-2 in the first two games of a playoff series and, and, and be happy about things. They weren't after the first round and they made changes. And the changes worked. So now Lindy Ruff and his team is going to be asked again to make significant changes. Something has to change. Because if you think the Hurricanes are going to lay down and die, they're not. The Hurricanes are the second best team points-wise in the NHL. Okay? The Devils were the third best team points-wise in the NHL. One point separated. Right. It was what? 117-118. That's right? right. Yeah. So, you know, the, the problem here, the problem here is that the Devils lost game one and two of the first round at home, and they won game three and four on the road. The Devils are going back home for Game 3 and 4. The problem here lies with the Hurricanes. The Devils did end up winning their last two home games, obviously. They won Game 5 and Game 7 at home. The Devils fans at Prudential Center are going to come out crazy for the next two games. Do the Devils need to win the next game at 100%? You go down 3-0, your odds are almost 0 to win that series. But I know that team is not done, and I really hope they get it together because I saw the Islanders play the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are not, they're not that much better. Yeah, no, I agree. You saw the Islanders almost take them the seven games. They lost game six in overtime. They lost game two in overtime.
0: Yeah, and the, I mean, the reason, to be completely honest, the reason that the Islanders... Even lost was it was because I believe they were getting out coached, but that's a whole different story. They're getting
1: out coached, and they don't score goals. Yeah, they were not scoring goals. uh But yes, they were out coached. They, they were out a lot of things, and they still almost hung on. Yeah, uh the Devils are not getting out coached. Lindy Ruff is not somebody that gets out coached. That dude is a Hall of Fame coach. Okay, a Hall of Fame coach. That they were asking to be fired in the beginning of this season. Yeah. And now he might win coach of the year. Yeah. Um, listen, they're not done. But if you're a Hurricanes fan, you're loving what you're seeing because they're breezing through Yeah the series. If so you far. can I mean if you can keep your
0: if you can keep your foot on on the throats of, of the devils. And you, I mean, granted, you take them out in four, and then God forbid, Panthers Leafs goes to seven. You are rested. You're and you're you're look. You're already looking forward to that to that Stanley Cup final. They're,
1: they right now are are the the definite favorite to win the cup.
0: Absolutely. As of, t- as of this recording. Absolutely. Um, now you were talking about Lindy Ruffin and his coaching decisions. He did you know start the first two games of the series of against the Rangers. He started Vitek Vanacek, who is. Um, he has some playoff experience previously with the capitals um though not very good experience eight games he started five um 4.11 goals against 844 save percentage right. so th- again they have not been great games but he does have playoff experience now Akira Schmid came Akira Akira schmid came in and you know lit, he lit the ice on fire it's his it's his Net, it was his net for the rest of the for the rest of the for the rest of that series. Now, do you make that check back that change back to Vanacek? Do you hang on and see if Schmidt could put it back together? What are we thinking, Chris? Yeah. Well, when you say put it back together, what do you mean? Not give up what seven goals? Uh, well, he gave up four, no four or five or something like that last night. Yeah. Um Do you? Uh, do you think he can settle essentially not put it back together but do you think he can settle and do you think he can play premier
1: take me to the Stanley Cup final hockey? Well, Lindy Ruff, I do know this. Lindy Ruff said that he he could have pulled multiple players out of game 2. Yes. He said I could have it, it had nothing to do with performance. Uh of the goaltender, he said he could have taken multiple guys out. And he could have. There were a lot of passengers. Barry when he was the Islanders coach, and they had a bad game, would say there were a lot of passengers tonight. They're just kind of the standing for there. The ride. Yeah, they're just kind of do- going through the motions, sitting there, doing nothing, making nothing happen. That's what a passenger does. So um, they're out there for cardio. <laughs> right. They're there for the workout. Um, what I would do as the coach is that, if I'm Lindy Ruff, I'm I'm going to have a long talk with both goaltenders maybe even in the same room and say, "Look, guys, here's what we're here's the deal. This is not about who's better. Um this is not about stats. This is not about one of you winning the series and one of you not play, you know, getting pulled from the series. Uh honestly, if I'm the coach, I go to Vanacek in game 3. And the reason is not because Schmidt has lost you games. Because it's not his fault. But something needs to happen to this team. The team needs to get shaken up. The team was... Did I sound like him? Yeah, I'm he did. The <laughs> team needs to get sh- needs a wake-up call. It does. No, I agree. And that's exactly what he did so brilliantly after Game 2 of the Rangers series. Schmidt goes in. Rookie. Lit the ice on fire, like you said. Couldn't have put it better myself. So I think you got to go back to Vanek in Game Three. It has nothing to do with Schmid whatsoever. Not performance, the team. I I wouldn't even say they're letting their goalie down. It's a team game. Yeah. You win or lose as a team, the team is not playing at the quality that they need to play. So in my notes, I literally I have
0: I, I paraphrased today while, you know, while doing some some research. I just wrote, "Canes just
1: look better, flat out out everything in the Devils." Yeah. They're beating them at every aspect of the game. You know their power play is good. It wasn't the best in the regular season. It was 20th in the league. But their power play was phenomenal against the Islanders, who had one of the best penalty kills in the league. Yeah. And their penalty kill was second best in the NHL in the regular season. And it was stout against the Islanders, who had a bad power play. They only gave up one or two. One power play goal or two to the Islanders. I think it was one in the series. Um and they're, and they're outplaying them at 5-on-5, five five, which was a struggle for them in the first round against the Islanders. The Islanders were the better 5-on-5 five five team. But they fixed that. Yeah, They saw that and said, we need to be better 5-on-5. Five five, and they've just flat-out mauled the Devils. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned power play. You
0: mentioned 5-on-5. Five five. Let's talk about the Dallas and Seattle series. Because Dallas, is it seems like they're living on the power play. While Seattle, the, the Kraken, had the most five-on-five five goals scored um, in the regular season mm-hmm. this year. I don't, have a, I don't have a number, but it was astonishing. It was very, very high. Now, in this series, right, now your typical hockey team, obviously you have four lines of three players for your forwards. Uh, you know, quick fifth-grade math. Um, hopefully Mr. Walker is teaching you guys correctly, and you guys can do four times three. Oh, um, they, oh,
1: that was way before me.
0: But that is, but that is twelve forwards. Now I read a very interesting fact, and that is the Dallas Stars. Uh, out of all twelve of their forwards, ten of them have goals, not points. They have goals. Um, I believe the only ones that don't—don't don't quote me. I think it's, I think uh, Domi doesn't have a goal, and I can't even—I can't even remember the last one, but. Nonetheless, their their forwards are scoring on ev- their they're scoring on everything. Now their power play is is great. They, their power play they're constantly on it, and it's worrisome to me because as as Minnesota Wild coach Dean Everson said, they have a lot of really big boys, but it seems like they go down real easy. You're looking at well Pavelski went down real hard, but you're looking at. You're looking at your Jamie Benz. You're looking at your Tyler Sagan's, your Rope Hintz, your Brad or Mason Marchman's. And, I mean, these guys, they're going down. They look like LeBron on ice, man. They are. It it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's frustrating. Well,
1: when it catches the eyes of outside people, that's when it gets to be a bit much. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I'm just looking right at their basic stats. Uh, and like you said, their power play is thirty four point five percent. And
0: and the thing is, it's I mean, not that it's thirty four point five. Is that what it was thirty four point five? It's not that it's thirty four point five percent with limited power plays. They
1: are living on the power play in both series so far. There's been penalty after penalty after penalty after penalty, and it's just and it's just so happens that the stars are ending up on the power play, like you said. Um, listen, in just, we'll just take Game 2 alone, uh, the Stars had power play goal. They've got power play goals in every game. Every single game. Then speaking of every single game, Joe Pavelski in every single game since he's come back has scored a goal. Multiple goals. Uh, he scored all four in the Stars' loss in Game 1 to the Kraken of this series. And then he scored a goal in the win. In game two, to tie the series up. And and now we talk about
0: Jake Ottinger in the, in the crease for, for the Dallas Stars. And, you know, the last three games against the Minnesota series, two of them were shut out. I mean, he, the Minnesota could not score. You look at game one, and the Kraken put up four goals in the first period. Now, do they know something? I'm just, I'm asking you here, Chris. Do they know something about Ottinger? Do they see something about Ottinger? Or is it just they're beating him by sh- the sheer amount of pucks they're putting
1: on net? They're just be they're they just had a good game to be honest. Jake Ottinger is one of the best goalies in the league. Oh, I, I totally. To, I, I talked with my with my buddy Kevin, who you met um, right before and at the wedding. Um, he's a, go- a fellow goalie. Um, he he loves watching Ottinger play, and so do I. Um, he plays he plays the new style of goaltending that we that we try to emulate perfectly. Um. You guys look at somebody like Carey Price. He played, like, the butterfly style perfectly. Well, it's evolved from butterfly to something else now. And Ottinger's the guy that you look at. Vasilevsky's the guy you look at. Uh, those two are, like, two you look at. Sorokin. Shesterkin. Yes. Those guys are the guys playing that style. Ottinger plays it to a T. Um, he's a big dude. Uh, he's so fast. He's so calm in the net. I was going to say, he looks like nothing. Fa- he gives up four goals. Nothing phases him. Um... Again, talk about Kevin again. So, Andrew does this thing after a goal where he always, a lot of the goalies get the water. They do the, the spray yeah. themselves with the water. And, and he literally says, all right, next puck. Yep. And so, that's something Kevin does now. It's something I do in the net when you give up a goal. It's just a good mindset to have. Um, so, him getting beat four times in a period, uh, I guarantee you that didn't bother him. Um, and... He proved it with his Game 2 win. Um, and he's probably the best goalie remaining in the playoffs because, honestly, two of the best in the business. And I'm not talking about Linus Allmark. I'm talking because he didn't perform in the playoffs. He looked like um, Buff- he looked like Buffalo Sabres
0: Linus Allmark.
1: That's right. No offense to him, but, he, you know, he didn't carry his team. Uh, no, Shosturkin and Sorokin and Vasilevsky, I should say, the like, lightning all got eliminated, and Andrew's the best goalie left in the playoffs right now. He is I love watching his game.
0: Yeah, he's I mean it's it's frustrating. It's as a as a Minnesota Wild fan yeah. with a wife that likes the Dallas Stars and I watch a lot of stars hockey. It's frustrating People because the dude, no, he just doesn't he doesn't get beat. But you know, the Dallas fans, that's another thing. They're awful. We've gone uh, from saying yeah. they're
1: annoying to now you're just they're, saying they're, they're awful. awful.
0: Um, the Dallas, the, every everything about Dallas, I'm not a fan of. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of, and it's yes. Am I being am I being sour grapes? They've got
1: two awesome goalies. I love Scott Wedge with their backup goalie, the yeah. Devil.
0: Am I am I sour grapes right now because they eliminated my boys? Yes, but you know. The, the one way to win the cup is, is an elite elite goal, uh, elite tending. If you don't have good goaltending, you're not winning. Unless your name is, last name is Bobrovsky. Because let me tell you, he has been doing... Careful
1: what you say about he is, goal goaltending. He
0: has been doing just enough to get by.
1: You think he's doing just enough? I mean, I'm not saying
0: he's playing bad, per se, but... It seems like the saves he's making, it's by a skate and it's going off the, it's going off the handle of his stick and it's getting rung on the top bar. It's just, to me, it seems like he is, he's just hot right now. He's hot right now. And he's, he's, he's not playing elite right now, but he's playing well enough to Darcy Kemper it and he's playing well enough to make a run to the cup, Chris.
1: Sergei Bobrovsky is 34. Sergei and I'm never I've never been a huge fan of him. Sergei Bobrovsky has won two Vezinas. He won it in 2013 and 2017. This guy knows how to play in big moments. Okay? He was the first goalie in Columbus Blue Jackets history to win 30 games in back-to-back seasons. Okay? This dude is no... He's, he's not coming out of the woodwork. This should surprise no one. He's... Ne- aside from those two seasons, he's had a very up-and-down statistical career. In fact... Both of the seasons after his Vezina seasons were very down years for him and made people question, especially when he was a Flyer and came onto the, the scene so well. Uh, flyers fans were like, here we go again. I mean, you talk about the Flyers. You got a Brizgalov, great one season, terrible the next. Brian Elliott, great one season, terrible the next. Sergei Bobrovsky, great one season, terrible the next right on down to Carter Hart. Great one season he's been trying to pick up the pieces since then. Uh you go all the way back to Robert Esh in the early days of me watching hockey. Uh Roman Checkmanik before that. It's always been a problem for the Flyers, but Bobrovsky, dude. This season he's the backup because he hasn't had the numbers. His save percentage was just over just north of 900. It was yeah. 901. Yeah. And in the playoffs right now it's 908. So no. He's not blowing anybody away with his numbers, but that dude is making every timely save. Yeah, no, that's that's what I'm saying. It's, it's not he's he's not playing lights out, but he but, but he's but, going, but, I, but he's, I'm saying that he is playing lights out because he's making every big save at the right time. When you need a save, he's making the save. And again, this dude has played a lot of hockey. He's 34. Yeah. Yep. Okay? He's He's played a lot of games. He's been a starter on almost every team every season. Uh he hasn't been injured all that much in his career either. Um he's a pros pro um very similar track to Flurry honestly in Minnesota and he makes me root for the Panthers honestly. He's coming back and he's saying, "Listen, I'm 5 and 1 in my in, in six playoff games this season. Let's do it."
0: So the the Panthers, I mean, obviously they're just riding the momentum. They are riding the high of beating the, the best team in history of hockey. We said it last best week. Best regular season. Best regular season. Yes, statistically. Um, mm-hmm. but I know, I know. See, I know you're not gonna like this, Chris, but Matthew Kachuk is playing like a GD superstar
1: right now. Yeah, he's well. He, he is. Want to talk about?
0: He is playing unbelievably. Unbelievably well now, but not only is he playing well. We mentioned it last week about you know the the stars and then your role players, right? They have, um, um, I have, I mean, Barkov has been playing well, Verhage has been playing well, Montour has been playing really well, but they're playing. You know, the, listen, man, Florida, <laughs> don't let them don't let them stay hot. Do not let the Florida Panthers stay hot.
1: Well, the thing about them too, Ant, is that they entered the playoffs playing so well. They, they, they did not limp in. I don't think either of the wild card team. I don't think any wild card team this season limped into the playoffs.
0: No, uh, Winnipeg was rough, but they didn't limp in. They played good hockey right, down were the stretch. They played well yeah. enough.
1: Nobody fell in the standings far, and then just barely made the playoffs. It was a fight to get in, and all those teams were doing what they had to. The Panthers were were so well suited against the Bruins. We talked about the Islanders. I wanted the Islanders to play the Bruins because they would have beat the Bruins too. Um, the Panthers were, are, are a well-oiled machine right now. You said Matthew Kachuk's lighting it up. He scored 40 goals in the regular season. Um, and, and he scored five already in the playoffs. He's got 10 assists, 15 points already in not even two rounds of playoff hockey. And it doesn't surprise me that they're thumping the Leafs right now. It makes me so happy that they're thumping the Leafs right and now.
0: And the Leafs look sloppy
1: too. They're being exposed. They, Let's they not beat yeah. around the bush, okay? They have Matthews. They have Marner. They've got Tavares. And then who? O'Reilly. Yeah, O'Reilly. But even I mean, even
0: their stars. Like I, I watched the. I believe it was the second game of Game One. um... In that series, and it was Mitch Marner just being lazy, a lazy it drop happens. pass, and they just came in and Florida came. I don't remember exactly who it was, but he came in and he 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 poked it away. He, he reached, he timed it well, and he scored. You know what I mean? And unless you, I think that was the Montour I think it was. Montour. I think it was Montour. And unless you're, I mean, unless you have Jake Ottinger in the pipes, it's not. That's
1: not a good. And that's, that's the not thing. a good. Samsonov, <laughs> Ilya Samsonov is not. He, he did not impress me in Game 2 at all. No. And I know it was a close game, but he did not impress me. He has not impressed me in these playoffs, to be honest with you, at all. He's not been impressive. No. Uh, and the Leafs have had a problem with goaltending for years. Another team that's plagued by goaltending woes. Uh, Freddie Anderson didn't work out there. Um, you, <laughs> you go all the way back to Vesa Toskala, one of the worst decisions that team ever made in the late 2000s. Uh, right on through... I mean, Samsonov is a great goalie and everything, but he's not playing great. He's just... He's not being a difference maker. He's middling. And you ha- he's middling. You have to be a difference maker in the playoffs, especially if you're a goaltender. you are If you're not, you're not going to win. Every team wants every puck in the playoffs. It doesn't matter if they got blown out in the in a game or they're blowing you out in a game... Every team wants every puck in the playoffs. Winning the first round or losing it, I, I guarantee you, Winnipeg wanted every puck in the first yeah. round, even though they lost in five. Yeah. Okay?
0: Um, yeah, no, I agree. And the Leafs have to do better. I agree. I agree. Um, so finishing out this, you know, this little playoff um, chat we're having is the Edmonton-Vegas series. We're saving this one for last because I'm going to be real with you. They're always on late. I'm asleep.
1: They're on right now um, as we speak. They are on right now. Um, the, Knights, Edmonton, the Knights are getting killed right now.
0: Edmonton is still looking like a powerhouse. Um, even though Vegas is up one, uh, 1-0 in the series. Um, on my little note sheet, I have, I wrote a little joke. I said, you know, if if Vegas wants to pull this out, they're going to need more luck than just the luck in casinos.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Vegas is a good team. You know, they, they handled the... the um, they handled... The uh, Oh, my God, we just said it. They handled Winnipeg um, in five. But, you know, Edmonton is just, they're on a whole different level. And the what makes me smile ear to ear is the best hockey player on planet Earth right now is
1: not the one leading the charge. He's got two tonight, though. Does he have two tonight? But Leon Dreiside also has two. He has <laughs> 13 goals on this playoff. Yeah, you're, you're killing me. You're killing me. Listen, Ant. One of my teammates at my game, uh, his name is Nick. I I don't mind putting him on blast sometimes. I don't think he's listening, but even if he is, even better. Um, (sighs) He told me, a goalie, that Stuart Skinner was not playing well. He goes, they don't have goaltending. I'm like, then how'd they win the first round? They score all the goals in the world, but they're not letting in seven goals a game. No, Stuart Skinner is playing incredibly Stuart well right Skinner's now. Stuart Skinner is playing unbelievable and, right now. And when Jack Campbell had to come in and release... So- and got a win. <laughs> after Skinner was pulled, they came back and got a win. He played great. Their goaltending is fine right now. It's un, It's it's not tested. Skinner is not... A, I like that. I like that a lot. It, they, they haven't been put to the test, really. Campbell, yes, in the playoffs last year. He did not win against the Lightning, obviously. Um... But Skinner has not been put to the test, and he's answered the bell. He has. He has. And, and he's about to win another one, three minutes away from a 5-1 win wow. for Edmonton to tie the series. Wow.
0: Um, so I, I wrote down in my notes, I did a little prediction here. Um, not, not me personally, but uh, your con Smythe, which is your playoff MVP. Um, I, I compiled a little list. Now, I know you're not prepared because you were on daddy duty today. And I had all the time in the world to do some uh, some, some
1: right, research. Really is,
0: um, so, I went team by team. Right now, the Hurricanes, the only logical one is Sebastian Ajo. He's been their best player. Um, nine points right now. He leads the Hurricanes. Um, they're getting it done in all facets. Their goalie's... Their, their goal play is eh, it's getting it done, Yeah. but Ajo's been their best player on the ice.
1: Their uncertainty um, in goal right yes.
0: now. Let's just say Devils, I mean, Eric Howla is leading their points. I mean, the, we were talking about how bad the Devils are. The, the Devils' leading point is uh, leading pointsman is Eric Howla is six points. They have one player with a plus-minus in the positive. I do not remember who it is offhand, but they have one player that's plus-minus. Um... Akira Schmidt, if he continues it, he's averaging 2.3 goals against a game. He could be your Conn Smythe. Florida, it's Matthew Kachuk. I mean, five goals, ten assists. He's the MVP of the playoffs
1: right now as far as I'm concerned because of how he's carried his team. And
0: not only is he carrying his team, he's doing the dirty work too. Exactly. He's getting in there. He's throwing his checks. He's in front of the goal. He's grinding stuff out. So Kachuk is, again, I am I agree with you a thousand
1: percent. And, and people that are going to say, well, Drysdale has got 13 goals. I know he does. I know he does. But he's not the MVP of the playoffs. No, not right now. You, so my
0: my whole thing is you take how I always d- decide MVPs, right, is who is most valuable to their team. If you remove Matthew Kachuk from the Florida Panthers, they are not in the position they are right now. If you nope. remove Leon Dreisaitl from the Edmonton Oilers, they still, have, they still have Jesus Christ on skates, man. They still have Connor McDavid. They're going to be okay. So, um, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, uh, Tampa, or Toronto, I'm sorry. Toronto could be Matthews, could be Marner. They're a point away from each other. Honestly,
1: I think the MVP of that team would be John Tavares right now. Just because, like you said, just because of the work he's done, uh, I think he's been a really good captain I uh, you know I've really warmed back up to him this playoff I'm never gonna root for the Leafs but <laughs> I personally would give it to John Tavares because he just from you know a t- time to be a man about this and say he's he's a great captain for them and he won them their first series and I'm going right on that right now they don't look like they're primed to win any more games right mm-hmm. now but if I had to pick someone, it would be JT because he he ended a 19-year playoff series win drought for them. That's just me, though. And then um, if you go
0: Dallas, I think it's Ropey He's <laughs> Rope Hintz has been doing absolutely everything. Um, Ottinger doesn't look as crisp as he did against Minnesota. It could just be they were throwing a lot of pucks at him. He's still the best goalie left in the playoffs. No, I think Rupe Hintz Rope is the is he is the doing everything. There. He has thirteen points right now. Yeah. he is I mean, it's every time the ESPN app pops up on my mouse's phone. No, I, they, see uh, name, ESPN I, see, I see the name I see the name Rope Hints. It's he it's just point after point they after point hints. after point. Um If we go um Vegas, this is my I like this one. I'm saying Mark Stone. He has ten points through all the games he's playing, but The man is removed off of two back surgeries, and he's been taking a beating. No, I absolutely agree with you. A beating.
1: But he's looked looked the most... The one other guy I would say could be Laurent Brossois in goal. Because, uh, again, he's kind of out of the woodwork. I mean, he's got plenty of NHL experience, but he was kind of the third man this season. uh, After Robin Leonard went down, and all of their other goalies went down, Uh, he was kind of you know second fiddle most of the season and now he's in the spotlight and i know tonight's not going their way but again it's one game
0: and then seattle um philip grubauer this playoffs he's been 5 and 4 you don't think so 5 and 4 let me give you my pitch let me give you my pitch 5 and 4 2.74 goals against 917 save percentage the only reason i say that is because they do not have anybody overwhelmingly leading their scoring they're a very balanced team there are a lot of different players scoring. Granted, there's all of they have their players that do the dirty work and get the goals and the assists and stuff that doesn't show up on score sheets are big. But I think Grubauer has been playing really, really well.
1: I think he has been too. But I think Yanni Gord is the MVP right now. The Islander killer, <laughs> Yanni Gord. Uh, I don't think I could ever forgive him for scoring the shorthanded goal and that being the only goal of Game Seven. In the conference final in 2021, uh, when we were on Cape Cod, Sabi was there too in Melissa's belly. Uh, and I, and I on our vacation, sat <laughs> 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 there and I screamed as the Islanders lost that game one nothing to Tampa. Uh, but but I think it's been Yanni Gord. Uh, he has five points in his last five games. Um and and he's and you talk about guys that do all the little things, man. This guy does all the things. He kills penalties. Uh, he's an exceptional penalty killer. One of the best in the league. Uh, again, credit to him for scoring the shorthanded goal that won the series against the Islanders yes. uh, two years ago uh, with his penalty killing prowess.
0: Congratulations. I
1: think uh, I, I would give it to Yanni Gord. I don't disagree with you saying a goalie, ever. and I don't
0: I don't disagree with Yanni Gord. So I, we're good I, here. I
1: think. I, but like you said, they're a team that it's hard to pick one guy
0: because yes, they everybody's pitching everybody in. contributes. Everybody's you pitching. could say
1: Jordan Eberle, uh has had a big uh, another former a former Islander, uh, Jordan Everly uh, has done a great job so far, and I I would say all right, you could say Everly, but my pick would be Yanni Gordon, the former Tampa Bay Lightning. Loved I like him. That. I like
0: that. So, um, so let's. Uh, Let's move off the ice and onto the diamond here for a little bit. Um, I want to do a quick little league whip around, we'll say. There's five teams. We'll call them the Blue Bloods. I guess we'll call them the Blue Bloods of the Major League Baseball. Um, that is the Mets, Cardinals, Astros, White Sox, and our beloved New York Yankees. Um, they are struggling, and it's it's odd to see them struggle. So I'll do a quick little stat check here. The Mets are 17-16. and 16. Their pitching is getting absolutely destroyed. Um, The team is healthy, so what is the issue?
1: They lost today.
0: They don't have... I mean, everybody is healthy is the issue. Granted, you could say Verlander wasn't healthy, but he was 41 when they signed him. It was a waste of money. In my notes, I literally wrote, ha-ha, Ant was right. Um, What is their excuse? They don't have one. But we love... We love to dump on the Mets here, so it's it's good, it's good for no, us. They're a five hundred team. They're a game, you, two games under five
1: hundred. Or no, they are five hundred now. I'm sorry, I was looking at the wrong, uh, wrong but thing. Still, that's that's not to their standards. Um, it's not to their payroll either. Man, right? Well, you want to talk about not to their payroll? Okay, we talk about this every week. And this week is no different because we've gone through it again with this ridiculous Yankees. Oh, you team. gotta
0: let me you gotta let me. You gotta let oh, me cook. You gotta have, let me cook you'll have a little bit. Things. I have I have a end. But you wanna talk about another
1: team that's a joke is the White Sox. And they're not even the worst team in their division. No, I think the Royals have six wins. They have eight, eight wins. wins. They have <laughs> eight and twenty five. Oh, the White Sox have a grand total of eleven wins. I mean it's another team. They just can never get it together. They have a negative
0: sixty-five run Dude. differential. They're getting hammered. Now the problem is all of these big. We talked about it last week with the Yankees. Are they just slumping or are they bad? There's these big-name guys on the White Sox, T- and they T- are T- and you're- not. And they are not. Performing well, but we don't like Clevenger because he beats his wife. Right, we don't, we, we, don't we don't do that. No, you, I liked him a lot when he was with Cleveland. And so did and I. Then and, and then he went to San Diego. And yeah, I'm, we're not about that. We love our wives here. Um yes, we do. But your big name guys are struggling. Lance Lynn is having a terrible
1: season. Michael Kopech, terrible season. G- Giolito's okay. Dylan, See, now we you're talking about all these guys, right? And we were talking last week off the air about the guy that we saw have that crazy rant. That yes. excellent rant. It was unbelievable. A beautifully well-stated rant about his, his beloved White Sox. He's a big White Sox fan. And he said something really interesting. And it was that all these guys, I'm, and as you're saying these guys' names, I'm hearing was good before this. Was good Years ago.
0: And then there's the guys that were this was a blue chip prospect, Yoan Moncada Michael Kopek, Luis Robert, uh Andrew Vaughn, um Eloy Jimenez. like all like all of yeah, it's it's either uh it's it didn't pan out because didn't pan out from being a prospect, or didn't pan out as a veteran signing.
1: I mean, their only guy that they've got is Tim Anderson. It's Tim Anderson. And he's hitting two seventy right now, which but, is which is okay, but it's not to his standards. No. He's a career two eighty seven hitter. No. Uh and he's got no home runs on the season and only five RBI. Now,
0: Tim Tim Anderson, he's he's on a contract year. I have it in my notes. It's time for a file
1: fire sale. White Sox, blow it up. You need to give him over. a chance because he because he is their player. He's their guy. I I don't think he stays. I don't think No no no, like no, like he's he's the best they've got. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but no, and I he's said... gotta go to a team, yeah, that's Okay. A contending okay, yes. team that he can be a real contributor for because his whole career since twenty sixteen has been helping this awful team. Yes, he's been on that get into the playoffs luckily one time. He's been great. Um, but he's you know he's hitting two seventy on an eleven win team. Yeah. Uh, a
0: team right now, they're 17 and 15. Houston Astros. It's nice to talk about them in a negative light, with them not setting well, the world we're right on fire. right there with them. It. But at the same time, they are missing Jose Altuve and. They're missing most of their starting rotation. Luis Garcia just—he's on the shelf now. Tommy John—he's done for the season. They're also missing McCullers, and they're also missing Jose Urquidy.
1: You know, Lance McCullers is a guy that my mouse absolutely uh, in one of the World Series years. I think it was uh, seventeen when he shoved it down the Yankees' throat. Yeah, yep. I, I, I remember. She was like, "Wow, he's so hot." The pretty curly—he hair. is a good-looking fellow. Wow, he is a good-looking wow. he good fellow. And unfortunately for him, it's just been. It's just been really a a beginning to a career marred by injuries. Yeah. And it's not like they're little injuries.
0: It's shoulders and elbows, which is scary as a pitcher, especially a pitcher that's not throwing hard because obviously after Tommy John, velocity comes back. But for a junk baller who's constantly breaking his rail, I mean, guy throws a lot of curveballs that has a lot of strain on your elbows. A lot of strain on your elbows. Um so Astros, I think they're gonna be, I personally think they're gonna be fine. The Rangers and the Angels look legit, but we all, all right, know the Angels, the, right? We all know the Angels never put it together. They might this year. And the Rangers, for the payroll and for all of the moves they've made, they should be putting it together. Um, one last team before we get to my beloved Yankees, our beloved Yankees, is the 10 and 23 uh St. Louis Cardinals. They have a negative 24 run differential. Um, most of their guys all are are, are still healthy. Um, They've lost eight games in a yep, row. Yep. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is still performing at a great level. He's batting 314, 923 OPS, so he's getting it done. Um, Arenado's right around replacement level, a little bit above league average. But their biggest issue is their pitching is struggling. They're pitching to a four seven as of when I record. I got these stats. They're pitching to a four seven one team ERA. They have thirty nine home runs allowed now. Another thing that I saw is they are moving catcher Wilson Contreras from out from behind the plate. They do not want him behind the plate. Is this team missing Yadier Molina? I think they are. I I, I think so. Now I saw I saw a podcast. I was going to send you the clip, but you were at school, so I didn't send it to you. And it was a podcast of AJ Pierzynski, who was a former catcher, and he was team. He was He's on the Cardinals. The Sox, yeah. Though. I met him, he was very nice. Very, very Seems nice guy. Seems like a
1: good dude. Um
0: very nice guy. But he um he was saying how a lot of the times Mike Matheny, when they were on the team, Mike Matheny would see a pitcher struggling and he would go over to Yachty and be like, Hey Yachty, you know, what should we do? Should we take him out? And Yachty would look at him and be like, dude, I'm not even behind the plate. Why don't you go ask your catcher? So I think Yachty, it's just I mean, the guy the guy is gonna be um, he's gonna be I give. I think it's Oliver Marmol. Oh, Oliver, what a name! Uh, shout out to my boss, Oliver. But it's it's a cat's name. Come on, Ollie. Uh, he's gonna. If it's he definitely listen, a cat. Name. If he if he if he listens, he's gonna be pissed. I called him Ollie. Either way, um, it's, it's it's Laurel and Hardy. It's Ollie. Oh, Ollie. <laughs> um. Anyway, right. Um. I think Oliver Marmol is gonna be. I think he's fired. If I think he's the coach, but I think he's out, and I think Yadi's in. I think Yadier Molina is going to win a World Series. Mark it down right now. Yadier Molina is going to win multiple World Series as a head coach. Uh, manager, not head wow. coach. Wow. Um, here we go. Uh, it's time. He cooked. It's time. And now he's ready. Uh, Yankees, they are now, because we won today, are 18 and 16. Huge win over the which is still the last in the American League East, I believe. And that's and
1: that's not their
0: fault. No, it's not. I mean, everybody's still,
1: overachieving.
0: Yes, they're still playing them. At, they're still playing at a great level. But uh,
1: in my notes, first line, I have it's a bad day. It's a sad day. Oh, wait, let me let me go back. It's not their fault that they're in last place at eighteen and sixteen. They are playing unacceptably bad as a team. Yes, continue. But everybody, yes, that's <laughs> true. Um. It's just it's the
0: same thing over and over and over again. Brian Cashman came out and was saying, you know, we have we're plagued by injury, and like I understand, but I mean, you giving I I believe it was Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is getting six million dollars. We let Matt Carpenter walk over six and a half. Like it's just it's the same thing. It's bad contracts. It's just it's I wrote it's a bad trade. It's a sad trade because. I mean, it's just you're. nothing is working and nobody's changing anything. And I already went over this. Um, but, I mean, some news, I guess, a bright spot is Michael Kay leaked a rumor. Or not leaked a rumor, but has said that somebody big and high up in the Yankees organization said, don't be surprised if you see Dominguez in the Bronx this year. Jason Dominguez being the Martian. Um, our highest number two prospect, I believe, right now, he's unbelievable. Let the kid play. It can't be any worse than Aaron Hicks, who's hitting one thirty-five. Aaron Hicks, I believe, is the worst qualified batter. He left seven men on base today, and we won, and we won. Oh my goodness! But uh, that's, I mean, that's it for the Dominguez rumor. But our pitching has been an issue. Now, there's a, there's, there's been a report about. Carlos Rodon, who his injury history has been well documented. He's been hurt everywhere he's gone, but it's not even his elbow anymore, and it's nothing. It's nothing big, right? It's nothing scary. How on God's green earth did our training staff and our team doctors miss quote unquote chronic back pain? on a 6-year, 162 million dollar pitcher. Are you not doing your due diligence? What like is it is it a signing? Was that a Brian Cashman, hey fans, F you, shut up. Is was that what that was because it, I mean, if you're cr- chronic back pain is not how like I'm I'm at a loss of words just because you're going to give a guy with injury history, with chronic injury history you're going to give him all this money. And it's it's just, at this point, it just feels like it's lazy. And it it feels like our staff isn't doing their due diligence. And, and speaking of due diligence, it's just, I have a list here of all of the injuries we have, Chris. Oh, boy. On the 15-day injured list, we have Carlos Rodon, whose return date is to be decided. He's getting a cortisone shot. He's going to yep. maybe throw soon. We have um, Luis Severino, who is late May, early June return. Aaron Judge will be back on Tuesday if everything goes well, which is wonderful. Um, Josh Donaldson, they're saying late May. Jonathan Loizaga, he had bone spurs in his elbow, August or September. John Carlos Stanton, late May, early June. That's just a 15-day L 15-day IL. Now go back to the This There's guy in a
1: 15 day IL going to be out till September. Well, that's the only reason
0: they do that is so they don't have to clear before me. Okay. Just wanted to just wanted to make sure. Uh, 60 day injured list, right? Now this is what cross it just makes me angry. Fumingly mad. This list is headline. It's an expensive list. Tommy Canley who has tendonitis. In the bicep of his throwing arm. Does that not show up in a physical? Late May, early June, he will be back. Why do we even sign him if he's going to be hurt? And, you know, I love him. He's great. He's a great clubhouse guy. I'm glad he's back. But why do you even sign him if he's going to have tendinitis? Which, again, will show up in a physical. Next, we have uh, Lou Trevino. Or Trevino, I'm sorry. Trevino. Uh, whom we traded for. He's out. For Tommy John, done for the season. Frankie Montas, who we traded for. This is off of the Yankees' official injury website. His return is, quote, possibly the second half of the season. Scott Efros, who we traded for. Tommy uh, John, John, done for the season. Luis Gil, second half of 2022 he was a homegrown guy but again i said the phrase who we traded for are we not doing our due diligence do we just not care now let's talk about again some bad trades like let's i i i brought it up last week this week i actually have some stats to back it up let's look at some former yankees okay miguel and duhar he's with pittsburgh He's hitting .250, two home runs. He already has more RBIs in two games than uh, IKF and Aaron Hicks have combined. Next. Andrew Benintendi, 325 batting average, 635 OPS. Now, for those of you, I'm assuming everybody here knows what OPS is. That's on-base plus slugging. So what that does is that takes your on-base percentage, which is obviously how much you're on base, hits, walks, all that. Um, and then it adds that to your slugging percentage, which is your extra base hits. His, he's batting 325, but his OPS is 635, which means he's uh, constantly hitting singles, which again would be wonderful for the Yankees. Matt Carpenter, Carpenter, who I already mentioned, he is now with San Diego, uh, 234 batting average, three home runs, 16 RBIs, which would lead the Yankees and an 815 OPS. He is crushing the ball, um, this is one, this is a name that a lot of people forget it was on the Yankees. It was Garrett Cooper, um, who I actually found out today. We traded for Michael King. We got Mike King in that deal. It was almost it was a two for one. There was another throw in prospect. But we got Michael King, which is awesome. Um he's batting 272, 13 RBIs, 719 OPS for Miami. Tyro Estrada, we talked about now the Yankees just released him. DFA Giants claimed him on waivers. He's batting 339, four home runs, eleven RBIs, eight ninety-five OPS. Now this is a good one. Joey Gallo. I didn't write his batting average down because I believe it's one twenty-five. Joey Gallo has 17 home runs, 14 RBIs. The man has a 907 OPS. He's always on base. Um Sonny Gray, he's a darling. This is turning into a pro Sonny Gray podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 4-0, .77 ERA, 41 strikeouts, 35 innings pitched. We could use that. Jordan Montgomery, he's with the Cardinals. He's one of the bright spots in that bad rotation. He's 2-4, 2 and four, uh, 329 ERA, 38 Ks, and 41 innings pitched. And then you have um, Gio Urshela on the Angels, 283 batting average, 12 RBIs, uh, 639 OPS. These guys, now it's just... They're guys we've let go, and there's guys we've traded away, and this is just people that have played for the Yankees on a major league level. Not even the prospects we've given up, but the issue is why are we making so many bad trades, Chris?
1: Talk to Brian Cashman about bad trades. We, we <laughs> talk. We could. I mean, we talk about it till the cows come home. Every week we talk about this guy. It's not, it's got to be done his way. And this is why we're making bad trades. No, I
0: think, honestly, I think by the end of the season, I think Aaron Boone is going to be out of a job. Should be, I guess. And realistically, Brian Cashman as well. It's just not getting done. But, you know, you have your bad trades. Let's talk some. I have it written down as some way too early trade deadline uh targets, okay. Now I have from the White Sox who I'm thinking fire sale. I would love a guy like Lucas Giolito. We spoke about him. I would love Tim Anderson. I think Tim Anderson would be a great addition to the Yankees. Play him at second like Glaber D H or you you know, like you could find a spot for a guy like Tim Anderson is what I'm trying to say. Um and then Luis Robert fills that outfield spot. He's oft injured as well, so maybe not. Um, I have one of my darlings. I love him. Uh, jock Peterson. I have a nickname for him that I can't say, but just say it's big, something that rhymes with Jock. Jock. Um, BCJ, as we'll call him. Um, like a rooster. Yes, big rooster Jock. I think, I think he would be... Perfect for the Yankees, lefty bat, sweet stroke, everything intended. Um, I think he take. I think <laughs> he would. I think he would take full advantage of that short porch. I think a guy like um, like Mike Schremski as well from the Giants. I think he would fit the Could Giants well. play for the Yankees. I think so. I think so. It Was All his right. grandfather? Um, now let's uh, Chris Bryant. I have on this list. He's with the. He's with the Rockies. You know, you never know. There's no he's, batting gloves. He's having a decent. He's having a decent season. Give him a shot.
1: You know, he's you know a, who loved. Chris Bryant,
0: the mouse, Grammy. That's
1: right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but you know, he has the World Series experience. Obviously, good friends with Anthony Rizzo. Could be a big clubhouse addition. Could still play third base if you need him to. Um, and then some some pitching help. You know, he, Erod. For the Tigers, he's been on fire. Tigers aren't going. They're going nowhere fast. I feel like he would be the most attainable. They have Tariq Scoble, who they were you know, saying they might shop last year. But I think Erod could be on his way out. They could recoup something from him. Now, some guys were kind of not as plausible, say. Uh, Corbin Burns, I mean, obviously he is one of the best pitchers in the league he's with milwaukee this trade is only attainable if milwaukee falls out of a playoff spot so you know if they're if they're lighting the world on fire by august like they are right now scratch that from the memory but he's a boris client he's already seen that his his relationship with the brewers is fractured i don't think he resigns there it was over some arbitration they lowballed him it was not a good look for them um that's my like top wish list and then some uh Victor Robles, uh, he's with Washington. He's not too old. I don't know if he's in a contract year or if he's even close to a contract year. Contact leadoff type guy. He could play, you know, left field, center field, and then uh, a guy from Cincinnati, T.J. Friedel. Friedel, um, he's an outfielder. He's a corner outfielder. He's, I think, he's like top ten in OPS for the outfield position. So those are just some names you can kick around, right? Um, I think the Yankees, they need to be proactive. I don't think they they need to go set the market. They need to go make the first move. Um, I think they need to do something very, very fast, so there's going to be a lot of people out of a job. Simple as that. Yeah. Simple there, as
1: that. I'll be there on, on May 23rd. Yeah, nice. That's, wow, a, you're going to be a bleacher creature. I've got to be. A shout-out to our, our newest uh, friend, Justin, who said he was going to listen. Maybe I'll test him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Justin, if you're listening, the code word is Yoshi.
1: <laughs>
0: so text either text me. The, text the word Yoshi to five.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Um, all right. So that, I mean, that's the, I'm, I'm a less animated rant because listen, it's it's great that the the Yankees are wearing a green ribbon for the month of May. On their on their jerseys for Mental Health Awareness Month,
1: and they had a better week. They than did. The it was a better
0: week, but it's great that they're they're acknowledging Mental Health Awareness because they are putting mine in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah. So the uh, next uh, the next little uh, segment we want to do here to wrap everything up. It's been a long podcast. If you're still with us, thank you. We love you. Um, let's wrap it up with uh, with everybody's favorite segment, Grammys Grinders of the Week.
1: Chris Walker lead it off. Well, 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 well. I've been saying that a whole lot lately. It's because of the uh, of the of the crab. Uh, it's because of the crab from Moana. I've been saying well, well, and no, it's not him. Well, today it's going to be a Yankee. And why is it going to be a Yankee after we just torture them? I mean, Harrison Bader, man. He's Grammy's grinder of the week for me. The guy's hitting three oh eight since coming back. Two hits today. He's just been producing. He's been one of the only bright spots. And I'm telling you, it's been a very tiny bright spot. He's, uh, been, he's and, been clutch, too. But he's been clutch. Um had a big game today. had a big game yesterday, too. Uh, and, yeah, three, and yesterday. Three run, home. home run yesterday. So... He's Grammy's grinder of the week. Um I gave it to John Tavares last week and it left a sour taste in my in my in the back of my mouth there. And so it feels good to give it to a Yankee and they deserve that. They've been playing uh they've had a better week. Um they listen to me, they deserve that from me. They deserve me giving <laughs> it to a Yankee. We're part of the media, Chris. We are. Hey, we're big, we're media professionals, okay? Yep. We got our badges and everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, Aaron DeBater is Grammy's Grinder of the Week for me. All right. Mine is going to be a little more sentimental, I guess.
0: I don't know if you looked at my cheat sheet and read my Grinder of the Week. I
1: did, but I don't remember who.
0: My Grammy's Grinder of the Week is, uh, he's on the Chicago White Sox. Uh, My Grammy's Grinder of the Week goes uh, to the Aussie named Liam Hendricks. Yes! Liam Hendricks, if you guys are not familiar, was diagnosed with stage 4 non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in December. Um, He's always been a very animated guy. Like I said, he's from Australia. So he has mouth like a a sailor, Australian, I guess. Um, Always very animated, loves yelling and yelling at himself on the mound. And um, he really, you know, with him getting his diagnosis and you really see a big, tough, strong man go through quite possibly the worst day of his life. Um, And just, you know, how life could be so fragile. He's an athlete at the top of his game and, um, you know, mid-30s, healthy guy um, for this to happen to. Um, but this is not a sad day. This is not a bad day because Liam Hendricks was diagnosed cancer-free two weeks ago, which, shout out to Liam Hendricks. And he made his first rehab st- I have goosebumps right now. He made his first rehab start two weeks after ringing the bell, um, for those of you yep, familiar. You ring the bell when you're diagnosed cancer-free. Um, two weeks after ringing the bell, he made his first rehab appearance for the Charlotte Knights, the uh, White Sox Triple A team. He had a one-two-three inning oh. on nine pitches, beautiful, with a strikeout. That's a, that's just fantastic. Um, he had uh, he had a significant standing ovation from the Triple A crowd, um, and he was saying, you know, my wife, you know, gave shout shout out to his wife. Um, and the fans, and it was it was, it was an away game. It was an away game. They weren't even home, I, I think. But um, it's amazing. He's he's working on building it back, and he could return to the Chicago White Sox sooner than expected. So my Grammys grinder of the week, Grammys. I think I think Liam Hendricks. We'll have to discuss, but I think he might. He could be
1: a Hall of Fame. I was gonna say I think I famer. think he joins Benny. Uh, both of them overcame something. When the odds were stacked heavily against heavily, them. Heavily. And and by heavily, I do mean their life was at risk of, of ending in short order. Yes. If something wasn't done, if they weren't fighters. Yes. And uh, I, I think that would be a worth a discussion for sure.
0: So there's no, yeah, so no discussion.
1: No. He is Grammys he is Grinder
0: this week, and, and welcome to the Hall Grammys Grinder Hall of Fame, Mr. Liam Hendricks. That's
1: right. I love that. That's fantastic stuff.
0: So here we go. We're sitting here at about an hour and twenty minutes. Um, if again, if you've been with us this long, thank you. We love you. You're just listening to two idiots talk, um, but you know it really does mean the world to us. Um, we said it before in the in the first part of this episode. This is a second job for us. Um, you know, not only do we get to talk sports and talk food, but we get to be in each other's lives uh, yes. a lot, which is nice. That That is definitely the best it's part. It's the best part. It's the best part. We know we'll see each other at least once, once a week. week. Yep. And sometimes if I'm having a bad day,
1: look, I still get to shoot the pod. That's right. That's right. So You know, sometimes stressful situations arise yeah. uh, over the course of a day and, and then you get to unwind. Like you said, we you know, we, we work today and then you can do this. Yeah. And I'm sure this is way more fun than your other. <laughs> job although sometimes your other job lends itself to this my other job
0: is it, it is a very fun other job i do enjoy my other job but this i'm sorry if you're listening uh employees or bosses boss uh this is this is this is passion man this yeah. is what it is um so man we got real sappy at the end yeah. i was gonna so, say i'm
1: blessed enough to have two passions which yeah is- teaching in this so it's really it's awesome i Mm -hmm. can't really i i mean i i love doing this and i also love teaching i can't even tell you which one i love more that's just a really nice thing but so ladies
0: gentlemen or the abyss we've been talking into for (laughs) just an hour and 20 minutes just me you and the mic um thank you as always um like subscribe share tell your friends Um, try our recipes let us know if you like them Um, this has been Ant this has been Chris stay full